We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Stefan Lico. You can find me on Twitter if it still exists by the time you're listening to this at Stefan Lico. And of course, I am joined by the OG, the creator at FF underscore Travis M. Yes, of course, I'm talking about Travis May. Travis, how are you, man? I'm good. Just uh, pumped to get back with it, talking to football. I know you had a vacation last week, and I could yes. not pull together. And we both kind of had weeks where we couldn't get the show uh, back on. So I had to get, get together and talk some college football. And uh, we were going to keep it a little bit shorter than we typically do, but we're going to talk some college quarterbacks and uh, really dive into that because it's about to what head into mock draft season, you know, and, and there are going to be some really bad, really bad takes upcoming from a Incorrect. lot of people that. Incorrect. Oh you cannot say they're going to be when there already are. There are already yeah, they've, all I mean, they've already so been bad. many bad takes for months. It's rough. It's rough. It's rough. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, Texas A&M, we were just talking about this before the show, like everyone's like Texas A&M, not everyone, but so many people are like playoff contender out of the SEC. If it's not Bama, it's going to be A&M. And they've just <laughs> fallen like a stone. And I feel like yeah. Will Levis – should be that same thing where it's like all this like preseason like last season like those early mock drafts like will levis top two top three quarterback uh first guy Mm -hmm. to go after stroud and i'm hoping that uh people are beginning to realize that uh that was a bad take and uh take lock is for the weak minded let's uh (laughs) let's let's move and adapt with new information come on now people yeah Probably should, but man, it, it is going to be funny because uh, throughout all of college football season, even like right after the the previous NFL draft, there's already mock drafts for the next year's mock right. drafts. <laughs> you know? Yeah, mock drafts of the mock drafts of the mock drafts uh, for next year's mock draft, and and it's funny because typically the the lists are terrible, and you know somebody just and it's not really always on the, the journalists. You know, they, they've just been assigned this project, and they are very ill equipped to complete to complete it. Uh, so they just Google a whole bunch of stats and try to throw things together and half the lists don't make any sense, especially once you get outside of the obvious positions. But quarterback is always pretty laughable. 
in terms of uh, how people try to predict, uh, predict that. Um, and, and right now, because of the state of college quarterbacks and college football in general, uh, it's more difficult than ever, I think, to sift through all the top names uh, because, you know, I think I mentioned this on the show before, but we have all these classes, quarterbacks who've been in college football since 2016, 2017, starting for their teams. Like almost half of college football has a quarterback starting for the roster that uh, is in their fifth year and beyond. And so we have these really old, really experienced quarterbacks, and they're all going to be coming out at the same time because they're all using their COVID year at the same time, that, that, that extra COVID eligibility season at the same time. And, um, and so it's going to be a really jam-packed class full of guys with nice peak efficiency profiles. And so sifting through all those guys and finding the right ones to actually get drafted is going to be really difficult. And so not, not even just this year, but um, like even looking at beyond that, because we're seeing a, a, such a small number of young quarterbacks even be given an opportunity early in their career, it's even harder to project out beyond the season more so than it usually is. So it's just stacks on stacks on stacks of uh, uncertainty that make it difficult. So, um, you know, we're going to poke fun at, at some players being ranked too highly and mocked too early. But realistically, it's just really difficult. This whole process is hard, uh, and we recognize that. And we're not saying that we're 100% right, but we're, we are going to talk about some some objective information that may help you sift through some of the noise as uh, draft season starts to really ramp up. And uh, everyone's college football teams are eliminated or their NFL teams are eliminated and they're look for, looking forward to all the draft boards and because uh, there's so many, so much noise. And even like people at Mojo uh, have been asking me about players as they've seen certain guys mocked. And I'm like, man, that's embarrassing that somebody actually wrote that. Right. <laughs> they yeah. assume like, you know, they're really intelligent people that they assume, that, oh, that this player must be mispriced at Mojo because it was he was written up here as this whatever round. And I'm like... Sadly, that just happens every time this this time of year and beyond. Yeah, for sure. Do you think? Um, I mean, I, this is an obvious. The answer is yes. Um, but I more would like to hear your thoughts. Not only are we talking about quarterbacks who have gotten an extra year of eligibility, but they're also playing with wide receivers, offensive linemen who have also gotten that extra year of eligibility. So there's just so much more talent, um, or so much more experience. Uh, so many more, more uh, games played, reps that they've had uh, together. And then you throw in the transfer portal as well. Um, it really is a new age in college football. And and, and some of that is going to be temporary, right? Like the, the COVID extra year is going to, we're going to move past that eventually. Um, but we were just talking about like, um, who were we just talking about? Curtis Rourke uh, yeah, before the show. Yeah. And um, just talking about like, he's probably going to be transferring and, uh, just the, the transfer portal, how that has changed the game and will continue mm-hmm. to change the game um, is also going to have to, uh, we're going to have to account for all that because um, I, I do wonder if we'll see more guys who start their collegiate careers um, at these smaller um, G5 programs end up getting an opportunity and then balling out at, at a higher level and then actually getting drafted. Whereas before we may not have ever seen them or not many of them uh, make it to the NFL. Yeah, it will be fun just to see the uh, upward mobility for some of these lower level, uh, especially the, with, with the quarterbacks, just because that's such a desirable position. And a lot of these guys know, hey, if I'm the quarterback at this school, I know now that I can go get a guaranteed NIL deal that's probably at least six figures, if not like an SEC school giving you seven figures in a year. Uh, I mean, like it was just talked about, I think earlier this week with Anthony Richardson, like he's actually had a pretty, well, his fir- the first half of the season was bad. Uh, 
he's gotten a lot better and, and he's in, he's an amazing prospect. Um, but he, he's already racked up just this year, like a million dollars in NIL deals. And he hasn't so even crazy. been great for the SEC standards. So um, yeah, it's, it's going to the the potential and, and, and going for that potential uh, is going to be really fun to watch for some of these guys that are playing for the lower, lower level schools, because there's more opportunity now than there might be ever for most of these players to financially benefit and uh, maximize their value or uh, take advantage of their max value right now. So let's just dive into it because it we've kind of, you know, taken that 30,000 yeah. foot view, uh, but just really kicking things off. Actually, we're going to work in reverse here because um, people we will get to the 2023 guys because that's the most hotly debated thing. But I, I want to talk about the 2025 eligibles. So uh, because I, wanted, actually, I actually wanted to start there, too. So. Yeah, just because uh, honestly, this will be very, very brief because there's so few of them that have done literally anything this year, um, and that has to do with the fact that there are a billion old guys playing the position right now. Uh, yeah. But man, it, it's funny. Like the most productive, we mentioned this before, but the most productive true freshman quarterback in the country has been AJ Swan for Vanderbilt, and he's been injured here recently, so he hasn't really been able to cap off his his impressive um, start to his career, and it and it hasn't been super impressive, like his. You know, his, his actual college QBR is like 54, <laughs> which is if he was a, a junior or senior, uh, that wouldn't even register. Like he wouldn't be draftable. But in terms of actually producing pretty well, um, right out of the gate uh, in the, against SEC competition and playing uh, with guys who are nowhere near that level, uh, I've been really impressed by him. And so that's that's the, the most productive freshman, I guess you could say. And he uh, beat out. He beat out Mark Wright. Um, you know, he was Mike a starter. Wright, yeah. Mike, yeah, yeah, Mike. Sorry. Um, which yeah, for a that. freshman, that's a big deal. Like, I think that's uh, that's a testament to to the kind of competitor he is as well. Which you know, moving forward, that's only going to, you know, what are the odds he ends his career at Vanderbilt? Who knows? But um, oh, this point, because I mean, like yeah. like we said, he could move. <laughs> yeah, success. But uh, but but pretty cool to see him uh, make that make that jump. Um, a guy who hasn't really had a ton of opportunity um, to to show what he can do, but uh, has been has has looked fine in the limited opportunity is Cade Klubnik. Uh, what do you think about him uh, as a prospect? Um, again, not giving much opportunity to play behind DJU. Uh, and I think Dabo Sweeney has has really doubled down and committed to. Um... DJU just being the guy for this season. Yep. Uh, however, I will say a bunch of the Pac-12 schools uh, and message boards, they're already trying to like figure out, okay, how do we get DJU to transfer here like next year? And so, um, so I think that, that could be a possibility because uh, he is eligible for the 2023 draft, but um, he's not going to end not going to likely end on a high note. Uh, he started off the year 17 pass, passing touchdowns, two interceptions, and then got benched two out of the next three weeks. <laughs> so, right. Uh, so it, it's it's funny just watching all the the back and forth noise with him and Cade Klubnik and Klubnik's. I mean, he's come in and been a game manager. Uh, he's not he's not Trevor Lawrence <laughs> by any means. Uh, so he's a five star, and the talent is is evident uh, every time he takes a snap. He, he looks poised, and he can make some fun throws on the move. But he also makes some pretty boneheaded decisions on the move. He, he threw, uh, I think, an interception on his first pass attempt and, and on one of the benchings. <laughs> I think the second time EJ got benched uh, this year. And so it hasn't looked perfect. And for me, knowing what's coming behind them, too, is what I always look, look uh, to, especially this time of year, once 
the recruiting classes start to solidify. I know prospects, recruits, whatever, haven't even signed officially with their schools. Like their early signing period is in December, national signing days in February. But it looks right looks right now like uh, Clemson will actually be adding another five-star next year in Christopher Vizina. So I'm not even sure that Kate Klubnik is guaranteed the starting job next year. And so that's uh, a little dicey. Uh, considering a lot of people thought he would just replace DJ this year because DJ was trash, blah, 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 bad takes, you know. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think it's not safe to project that he's even going to be the guy at Clemson. And, and is he going to want to stick around knowing that, um, you know, it's it's a garbage scheme that does nothing to help the quarterback position uh, and he's going to have to beat out a five-star next year? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I assume he stays just because uh, Clemson players uh, – they just get brainwashed at this point. Like that's the only explanation as to why they stay and, and play right. in that gross game. But um, yeah, somebody's going to leave. Somebody's not going to be playing that has five-star pedigree for that team again next year. Thoughts on Ja'Curry Brown over at Miami. Um, got the nod. Um, again, I was out of the country and uh, was unable to watch football this weekend. Uh, just got back. So I actually don't even know what all happened. So so fill me in. What do I need to know about Ja'Curry Brown? Yeah, I mean, Ja'Curry Brown and Matt Wispay, uh, our buddy, he really likes Ja'Curry Brown. And uh, he's a fun dual threat, uh, four-star quarterback in this class. By most people's consensus boards, is a top 12-ish quarterback uh, on, in the 2025 eligible group. You know, true freshman this year. Uh, but the first guy who came in to replace the injured Tyler Van Dyke earlier in the year was Jake Garcia. And in that right. first game, pretty well. After that, it did not go very well at all. And then they just did this weird back and forth mix out for a week between Ja'Curry and Jake and uh, and, and TBD because he was back, but then he's hurt again. And uh, they're not, uh, as of recording, tipping their hand as to who's going to even start this week because uh, TBD might not be healthy uh, healthy for them. So Ja'Curry might get another start. And last week he actually did toss three, three touchdowns. So there's a good chance that uh, depending on how uh, Jacuri does in this limited sample. He's either going to have a great opportunity to transfer, or he's just going to flat out beat, uh, you know, Jake Garcia or Tyler Van Dyke or anyone else for that matter, uh, and be the Miami starter next year. So he's really in a great position to prove himself, or just do exactly what Jake Garcia did and disappoint in his second start. Uh, so really, really just keep an eye on him because his stock could explode, or it could just level out <laughs> pretty quickly yeah. because people like to overreact. Yeah, I think best case scenario would be he balls out and then he transfers out because uh, I like I like Chris Ball as a program guy. I don't like him to help your quarterback. Um, no, he's not going to get everything out of a quarterback with that offense. I think recru- recruits are figuring that out too. Jaden yeah. Rashada jump shipped. That's right, jump ship, and, and he's he's committed to Florida now instead of Miami. So I think people are wising up to the fact that that's uh, questionable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Offensive situation and they have no wide receivers whatsoever so uh they're in trouble yeah um maybe we buried the lead a little bit uh connor wegman's actually gotten some pretty decent play uh before his in oh he was out the flu of course texas a&m just got beat by opera i just saw that that was so funny to me um thoughts on connor wegman he was another high prospect yeah um i wonder i wonder if he wasn't really back to normal this past week because he looked so good against ole miss and a lot of people have looked good against Ole Miss this year. But he threw for four, like 300-plus passing yards and four touchdowns. Uh, basically a perfect game 
against Ole Miss in his first full start. You know, even in, in, in limited action against South Carolina, you know, almost led a game-winning drive there um, to, to make a, a crazy, crazy comeback, like 80-plus yards on that final drive. And then, uh, you know, this past week he didn't even complete 40% of his passes and uh, only had one touchdown, didn't, you know, make too many bad decisions, but did not do enough to win them the game. Uh, I'm, I'm not overreacting to that. I think that Connor Wagerman might actually end up being the QB1 in the class. Uh, so that's that's tough considering he plays for Texas A&M, but he's fighting through it, and they have weapons, and he, and he seems to be, uh, you know, in a good spot with Evan Stewart and his other receiving options. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes with him. But he's he's been really productive as well. But the last guy who's actually done much of anything in the class outside of, like, Drew Aller, who's come in with, uh, you know, uh, Sean Clifford here and there <laughs> playing terribly and then them being up big and coming in in, in, in tiny spots is MJ Morris, uh, NC State, uh, actually has come in. He was the QB3 to open the season. Devin Leary goes down, is out for the year. Jack Chambers plays like a trash can, and MJ, MJ he, plays Morris, like a, he plays like a tight end or something, a tight end playing back. quarterback. It's, it like, it's not really his fault. <laughs> no, but uh, MJ Morris, you know, comes comes in and in his first action in like three quarters throws two sixty five and three scores. Next week again three scores. Uh, this past week struggled against Boston College, uh, so it, it looks like you know some teams have found something. Uh, on film, but I, I still like MJ Morris quite a bit, and it's not like he's a no pedigree guy. He was also a pretty highly touted uh, four star recruit, so has some mobility to him. We'll see how he uh, goes there. But uh, even if Devin, Devin Leary does come back, uh, MJ Morris, depending on how this season ends, especially uh, this week and the next week against North Carolina, that's pivotal, a pivotal opportunity for him to prove that he's worth a look for the starting job next year. Uh, and if he's not, he can just transfer. <laughs> right. So, uh, again, th- this this tra- true freshman group is not really producing. Like the, they're like six names we've mentioned. But we've uh, said that about almost every position group this year. When it comes to yeah. freshmen, it's just been yeah. a down year, and it's for a lot of the oh, reasons yeah. that you've ar- we've already talked about in today's episode. Mm-hmm. So, um, you want to hit a quick break and then uh, jump to twenty twenty four? Sure, but one more name though. Because uh, two more names. <laughs> Okay. Uh, EJ Warner, just because he's Kurt Warner's son, that's fun. He's starting for Temple. He was not supposed to be a thing, kind of like his dad was not supposed to be a thing. Like he was a very low level recruit, but somehow won the Temple job and is actually among all the freshman uh, quarterbacks that have any remote sample at all. Like he's got the, the best mark in terms of EPA per, per play. Um, he's not been great. But uh, still, it's, it's it's pretty fun. The Kurt Warner Kurt Warner's son's actually starting for Temple now, so. Uh, but Zion Turner taking UConn to bowl eligibility and as a true Crazy. freshman, that's also fun. Uh, seven versus seven legend in Florida uh, played with a bunch of really good high pedigree wide receivers. And apparently he's taking that skill set uh, and playing with really bad wide receivers at UConn and finding success anyway, too. But yeah, let's hit the break and uh, talk about uh, 2024 and beyond. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back. And I think 2024 is just such an exciting class. We've got some just, you know, um, general. You can't use the term generational when you have more than one. And you're <laughs> but there's three guys that we're going to be talking okay. about who are are have the opportunity to be really, really special. Um, and and Drake May, of course, is a dude we talk about quite a bit on this podcast. We both. Uh, like him an awful lot. But then, of course, Caleb Williams is playing really, really well out in USC um, and put together some nice tape last year, too, and nice numbers last year with Oklahoma when he took over the job there. And then Quinn Ewers, who's been up and down, um, but, you know, huge hype story. But I think people kind of forget that he, maybe they don't, but reclassified so that he could enter uh, college a year early to to make a little bit of money uh, before transferring over to Texas. But uh, these three guys, to me, are extremely interesting uh, Drake May, of course, is uh, is our favorite. Um, he's Drake Mazing. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Drake Mazing. It's oh, happening. Man. It's For happening. Real. We're going to make it a, a hashtag Drake Mazing. And I want shirts. I want merch of all kinds. And I want Drake May to be my best friend. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see about that last part. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll make <laughs> it happen. But uh, let, let's talk about... Uh, we'll, we'll, wrap up the 2024 with him because oh my gosh when yours let's start with him because he's been immensely disappointing um he was supposed to be the best recruit of all time and yeah. i'm not sure he's completely healthy maybe he's not he had the, the uh, i think whatever the finger thing like whether he got dinged up and shoulder thing and so i'm not sure he's uh 100 right now but he's really looking rather bad uh, well, it's, it's funny too because after like those first three games, like some of the podcasts I listen to, and, and these are well respected dudes, uh, some of them are like, man, this is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Uh, yeah. And then they had that bad, that was right after the Oklahoma game, you know. Um, mm. And then they had a, a couple of rough outings, and uh, a lot of people are quiet now. <laughs> yeah, it's just been odd. It's like really back and forth, it's inconsistency, right? Just dunked on Oklahoma, as many people have done so now this season. Uh, struggled to really be perfect against Iowa State. Uh, had a really bad decision-making game against Oklahoma State. Then was good again against Kansas State. And then just was an absolute mess against TCU. Uh, oh, I did I watch that game. They did have that game on the ship that I was on. They, was they didn't score an <laughs> offensive touchdown. Like, <laughs> it was bad. It was real bad. Yeah, so, um, man. I know it's his first year starting, and so, but it, it's also Drake May's first year starting. So exactly, exactly. That's why, and it's not like, and it's not like. I mean, Drake May's got nice wide receivers, but it's not no. like it's not like uh, uh, Quinn is throwing to a bunch of two and three star dudes. Like Xavier Worthy is right monster. there. JT yeah. Sanders is is no slouch. You got Bijan Robinson. He's one of the best running backs in the country. Yeah. Like, come they on. Just, 
they just can't put it together. So uh, I still very much believe that in the end he'll figure it out and he'll be the QB three ish in the class. Yeah. You know, but I think he's now at, at clear tier below Drake May and Caleb Williams, and there are a couple other guys that are probably rising into the conversation. Like the like, who would you put as like your QB four ish right now among the twenty four group? Like QB five ish. Like who who are those two names for you? Um, I mean, I, I like Jackson Dart, uh, but it might just be the face paint. Uh, <laughs> I, I think he makes a lot of really stupid decisions, but I think if he can clean that up, I think he can be really good. He's very athletic. Um, he doesn't run a, a whole lot, but, um, when he does, mm-hmm. it's effective. Um, I think he's really good. I think it's a, it's a, it's a tough offense to really evaluate quarterback play for me. Uh, because it is so highly dependent on the running game. Um, but but I like him a lot. And then, of course, Ty Thompson is a guy that we don't talk near enough about. And we're going to see how he does for Oregon this upcoming week because I don't think Bo Nix is going to play. Um, and yeah. all of a sudden, Ty Thompson's going to rise like a balloon and people are going to see him and realize that he should be getting uh, some action. No, I don't think half. I hope not because I took Utah plus three. So I <laughs> know. And uh, the line should be. I I took Utah money line when I landed because uh, you can't bet. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, I'm with yeah. you there. Yeah, so I mean I like Jackson Dart quite a bit, um, and he's he's really fun because he's got that dual threat. Earlier in the year, he was averaging like nine yards per, per attempt and six yards per carry. That efficiency has worn off quite a bit, but even against Alabama, like he was holding his own, um, made some poor decisions as he has been known to do uh, in, in terms of like, if you, if you look at his interception percentage and uh, some key metrics that even like PFF does like turnover worthy plays, it, it's not great. Like he's got one of the highest interception percentages in the, in the country. Um, and uh, for some for some reason, even though he runs it a bunch, he doesn't actually find the end zone in that regard. And so right. it's a little odd. Uh, it's, it's a weird profile right now. You know, he was great for like two games at USC transfers to a really fun quarterback friendly system, but he still finds ways to throw picks. Uh, but I think the upside is still very much there. So like QB five ish seems about right for him. Like can JJ McCarthy kind of in the mix in that same range too. But what yeah. do you say? I was going to say the real answer is probably a dude like a uh, Cameron Ward, you know, uh, he'll probably stick around an extra year. Um, and actually be in that class, even though he's 2023 yeah. eligible. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. Uh, it's probably going to be a guy like that. Like someone who sticks around, Gets an yeah, extra I mean, year. We're only um, talking about true dollars right now. Like, and, right. and the truth is, there's going to be a bunch. Uh, we, I know that there's potential that we have this crazy thirty deep QB, QB class, but some of these guys are going to come back because they have a yeah. uh, the extra COVID eligibility, or they had an injury, or something else that and they it wasn't a perfect season like DJU, and you know a bunch of those guys are going to come back. Right. Um, and so, realistically. Somebody else that's not an early declare is probably going to fill in this spot. But among the true sophomores, like it's, you know, Drake Mann, Caleb Williams, we'll get to in a second. And then, and uh, you I know, hear, yours, I, wouldn't, you know, I know, I know the guy you were excited about, we were talking about him earlier, is the Duke quarterback, uh, Riley Leonard. And I have not much, watched much Duke. I've watched probably about two and a half games, uh, which probably is more than most people who aren't Duke fans. But um, yeah. he, he's flashed at times. He's also looked very average at times too. Um, but uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on him because uh, you were telling me before the show, he's a guy that you're pretty excited about. Yeah. And I'm not sure excited would be. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> I uh, overreached. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I think it, it is, it is funny because he's already playing 
uh, and putting up better numbers uh, than Daniel Jones ever was at Duke. And so, I mean, well, Daniel Jones, I mean, that's that's a little funny because like he, he was the worst passer that's seen first round capital by virtually every measure uh, since 2016. So like he, he was just a trash first round pick. Um, you know, bravo to Brian Dable to make you know making him look semi competent this year. Um, right, give that guy a medal for sure. But anyway, Riley, Riley Leonard, uh, Riley Leonard, that is, is a uh, true sophomore uh, for Duke, and uh, he's not putting up perfect numbers because Duke is uh, a really rough program to try to put up numbers in. But he's actually been efficient enough, and I haven't really created the, the scheme adjusted pass efficiency metric that I usually do, but I know just eyeballing it that he's at least above the 50th, 50th percentile, maybe 60, 60th percentile type player um, by the, the most uh, predictive measure that I've ever found for the quarterback position. So if he's doing that as a true sophomore, that's promising. If you can do that in your first or second year, that typically means you'll see uh, an uptick into the 70th or 80th percentile uh, kind of season at some point in the next two years. Um, and so He's on a good track to get to where you need to be, at least to get like day two capital. I, he doesn't look like a first round pick, but neither did Daniel Jones. But what what he's really fun with uh, is his mobility. Like you wouldn't think uh, that like when he drops back and, and he hits that back foot, like he's, he looks more like a prototypical pocket guy. But then uh, he's actually got some really fun speed. Like he's, he's averaging over six yards per carry, over 600 rushing yards on the year, 10 touchdowns on the ground this year. And so, you know, he, he's really intriguing to me. Just, uh, you know, Duke's bad, but he's somehow not. And so if he works his way up, he could pass a few of these guys. His, his traits aren't necessarily there uh, to get him first round capital, I don't think. But maybe I'm wrong because he's, he's got the mobility and he's got some early production. So he's right there. But, uh, and, you know. You know, yeah. Some people like Seth Hennigan too of Memphis. Some people like, um, I'm trying to think of other other names like even like Baron Morton to Texas Tech. Seen some work. Taylor Green seen seen some work at Boise State. Uh, Taylor Green actually has the highest EPA per play uh, among the uh, adequate sample. Oh, well, that's uh, nuts. True. Yeah. You know, it's a lower level play, but uh, uh, winning the Boise State job, leading them to like what seven and three or something like that, and you know, having more EPA per play. Uh, as a passer than any other QB. Um, he doesn't add as much on the ground as Drake May does, but he's really fun uh, at his level of play. But really, the the, the two we're most excited about, uh, Drake May and Caleb Williams. Like, Caleb Williams uh, has been, obviously, his true freshman campaign, putting up like 95th percentile pass efficiency marks as a true freshman and nice. uh, putting up the ridiculous, you know, rushing yard market share marks in the games in which he played. I mean, it's like arguably the best true freshman season we've ever seen. And then he follows it up with a, a you know, he transfers to US, USC and has like the lowest interception uh, percentage among power five starters in the country. Like throwing what, 28 touchdowns to one interception, something like that. No, no, that was actually going into last week. So two. I was trying to remember. I, I look at these spreadsheets because I, you know, working with Mojo, I, I'm, I look at, you know, stats like 24 seven now. And so I was, I remember what his touchdown to interception mark was last week, but didn't, didn't 28 yeah. to one, but remember this week's, but he, he's had an incredible year again, and he's going to have an incredible junior year again, I'm sure. And he's going to coast to early first round draft capital, it seems. Um, and so we knew that already coming into the year, we knew essentially we could have just locked up Caleb Williams 
um, more so as a safer projection for first round capital than I don't know I've ever seen at the position probably like ever after the true freshman year. Uh, so I don't know. Is there anything else to say about Caleb Williams before we talk about Drake no. Nazing? No. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It sounds even better coming from your lips <laughs> than mine. Um, no, I think I, I, I think Caleb Williams is great. And I mean, USC is now in the driver's seat in the Pac-12 too. I think if he if they went out, um, which they very well could do, get into that playoff, um, that would only skyrocket his. I mean, because draft next love that kind of stuff too, you know. The, uh, the actually winning games and, and, and winning championships. Um, I think he's going to, I think he's going to, like you said, he's a surefire first round pick barring injury <laughs> ending career, like a career ending injury type yeah. thing, which will not happen. Um, but yeah, let's talk about my boy, Drake, our boy, Drake, um, Drake amazing. Uh, the truth, man, this guy's so fun. Uh, I love, I kind of love the fact that, North Carolina's defense is so god awful, so that we can just see him uh, perform at such a high level. Uh, he he's been phenomenal. Um, sure, he doesn't have a a point five eight interception uh, percentage like uh, Caleb Williams, but it's point eight three. It's still less than one percent. He's only thrown three picks on the year um, to his what thirty four touchdowns. You have here, like yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable season um crushing the crushing it man and and the acc is not like elite but it's also not like he's going up against the mac every week either you know no yeah. so yeah I, i've been i'm just so impressed um the amount of uh plays they is yeah i'm too lazy to hit the search button but North Carolina has to lead the league, uh, lead the nation as far as like from power five schools, as far as like plays per game, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And and when you look at Drake Mays, like overall plays that he's in on, it's insane. Like he's passed the ball already. uh, And, you know, I don't know when you're listening to this at this point, but, you know, 360 plus times and he's had 130 plus carries. Like (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, I think uh, like points responsible for I think he's number one in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he's, he's, he's up at the top. Oh, and like, he's, yeah, he's that. tied. He's tied with Bo Nix um, for uh, for most. That's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, when you look at his total yards per game, he's averaging just about four hundred yards, almost exactly, almost four hundred yards, like total of total offense per game, like three hundred forty plus passing yards a game, like almost sixty rushing yards a game, uh, and he's completing like seventy percent of his passes. 11 adjusted yards per attempt. Like he's and he 90 runs. At, and he runs. Yeah. He's yeah, perfect. And it's going to be so dumb when he doesn't win the Heisman this year. It will be a travesty. Like there's nothing, nothing makes sense. Um, because like, especially if, if North Carolina wins out and then they still somehow miss the playoff after being ACC champions and one loss team. And he's, you know, averaging still 400 yards per game. And he's at the top and in, in most adjusted passing measures and everything. It's going to be really dumb if he doesn't yeah. win the Heisman. Just, oh, well, you didn't play a tough enough schedule. You just shut up. Yeah. Like, did Kenny yeah. Pickett last year? And he was in, in the New York conversation, you know? Um, and so, man, I, he'll get to New York regardless at this point because he's putting up an absurd year. But, man, there, there are people that would already take him as the QB1 in the 2023 class. And sure. uh, he's got one season under his belt. And so, just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, he should be in the QB1 conversation for 2024, if not QB1 overall in all of college football. Yeah, 
Uh, totally agree. Well, you mentioned the 2023 class. Uh, let, let's let's hit it real quick here. Sure. Um, well, I uh, unless was there anyone else you want to hit before we do that? I think I mean I, I probably mentioned a dozen different names for 2024. So probably more than anyone cared to hear. Actually, <laughs> so. well, uh, to me, to me, when we started off this year, we were really talking about. Um, in my opinion, there was two guys that we were really talking about, and C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. And I still think that they're. Um, you know, the elite, uh, who do you think, um, could possibly join them? Or do you think there's already someone perhaps, uh, I know you like Hendon Hooker. Is he someone that has, um, elevated his stock into that same tier? Um, or to you, or, or do you think there is a bit of a break? Um, or maybe you don't even think Stroud and Young are in the same tier. I'd love to hear your thoughts. We haven't talked about quarterbacks in a little bit. Sure. Um, so, much to the chagrin of anyone who has common sense, uh, Will Levis is already there. Like there are people that have been already mocking him as like the number one overall pick. I think uh, the, the the new kind of player friendly and player focused, and you know, even some like former players are on staff and writing whatever. Like the, the I think it's called the thirty third team. They just mocked I think this week uh, Will Levis number one overall, and it's and it's cute, it's cute that they do that. Like it's. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if your team sucked so much? Your team sucked so much they got the first pick in the draft, and they freaking used it on Will Levis. How angry would you be? <laughs> would you just? Would you just like you just turn in your fan card? Like I'm done. I'm done. It's I, like I had to do that as a Marlins fan. I was like, I'm done with you guys. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. You don't, I, you don't deserve my loyalty. I'd have to move on. Yeah, I <laughs> would. Know? I would. Uh no longer be a fan of that team. I'd find a new one. Uh, oh, you're from that town and, and you're, you're going to abandon your favorite team. Absolutely. I don't care <laughs> yeah. where you're from. Don't care. Uh, bye. Um, but yeah, I mean like when we really look at the numbers, um, there's no discussion to be had. Uh, he's got nice biceps though. So that's cool. He's very charismatic. <laughs> so he'll, he'll, he'll be the rah, rah guy that wins the interviews. Face, blah, blah, blah. face of the um, franchise. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, first off, the guy puts mayonnaise in his coffee, so that's a non-starter. Oh. But uh, so, yeah. Uh, but second off, like when you, this is a measure that I don't really hear anybody talk about, but it's important in when it comes to QB play, and you can kind of, kind of identify the worst decision makers in college football and the guys who don't have fast enough processing by looking at this kind of thing. He is second among all passers in college football in drive-killing plays, is what I call them, and that's just sacks fumbles and interceptions um when you combine those he actually has 45 combined sacks fumbles and interceptions in nine games 45 in nine games averaging five drive killing plays per game no wonder kentucky's losing to vanderbilt <laughs> right <laughs> like, right i mean it's a joke like like he just does not he can't do it like well it was that old miss game that old miss game two fumbles and two in the last two drives of the game yeah and and, and it's, yeah it's just rough Okay, but, but, you know, okay, that's just one number, Travis. Okay, 31st in adjusted yards per pass attempt. 22nd. You're 22nd in, in college passer rating when we're talking about a player who's supposed to go number one overall. Uh, 85th, by the way, in rushing yards per game. Uh, he's actually averaging negative 13.67 rushing yards per game. <laughs> um, but he so has yeah, two he, rushing touchdowns. Yeah, and, and then, uh, you know, people that are still fanboys like, buddy, I turf toe. Like, okay. Cool. Um, maybe just get rid of the ball um, rather than yeah. taking forty-five, you know, losses. 
uh, like drive killing plays per game. And like you want to dig even further, 59th in overall yards per play. Um, like there's no measure, not a single statistic that actually is a, is a plus for him. Any kind of adjustment for average depth of target? Nope. He doesn't even throw the ball deep, really. And like a big time throw, whatever, like whatever. In any kind of measure, he is not elite by any one of them. Um, you know, so- who people, if people had to look at two people, People wish Will Levis was what Jordan Travis is, you know, like <laughs> able to score points, mobile. Um, I, I think those are. Watch the <laughs> yeah. film. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I literally do this full time job. My full time job is to pre- create predictive modeling that predicts draft capital. That's what I do. Like I watch every game. I if I have nine games at a, at a time on, <laughs> so I watch the game. Do you think? It's like, well, if he does go top five, uh, what does this do? Like, obviously, we both think it's a terrible choice, uh, but we also know that GMs and coaches make terrible decisions. Does yeah. this adjust? Would that adjust how you have to kind of uh, predict things going forward? Or is it to you like you're going to predict the hits, not the misses, and uh, the Will Levises of the world, while people might make the wrong choice in selecting him, in our opinion, of course? Um, you're not going to be able to bake that into your analysis. Do, does my question make sense? I, I mean, yeah, I, you have to kind of assume that they're bad decision makers at the next level because they there still are. But I will say, I will applaud, uh, and I'm sure I'm, I'm not as good. I'm not saying that I'm smarter than all the NFL GMs or whatever. I'm just saying that um, there are clearly some people that should not have the jobs that they have um, that are not taking into account uh, all the available information to help them make the best decisions. And like, I've had that confirmed by real like NFL staffers. Like they're like the people that they actually work for. They're like, I don't know how this guy makes these decisions. <laughs> just so, like, just like everyone listening has a boss or a manager. They're like, I don't know how the hell that dude has that job <laughs> in this chair. Like what is going on um, yeah. so, real life. Um, and so if Will Evans goes top 10, that just means that there's, a, a, you know, imagine that. One of the ten worst NFL franchises has a bad decision maker that makes right. the pick. Right. That's um, why it's like I used to root for the Jack because we were so bad for so long. I used to root for the Jaguars to like just lose every game. Suck yeah. for luck, baby. Um, and then I realized just just because we're getting top four picks every year uh, doesn't mean we're going to be good because we haven't done well with them up to this, this time anyway. So, so anyway, I, I, but that's enough. Like I, I, he's he's. I mean, like he he tries hard and he's pushed through some like getting dinged up. I applaud him for it, and he's been really frustrated because there's there's apparently not been a, some buy-in from his, some of his teammates, and that that's annoying, especially when they're in the middle of a frustrating season. Um, but he he, I'm not saying he should return to school, but if he actually wanted to build out his his profile and, and improve as a quarterback before he goes to a system where he's going to get sacked even more. Um, mm-hmm. You know, getting thrust into a, a situation. That is not ideal playing for one of the worst teams in the, in, in the league, most likely. Um, like even the perfect quarterback prospects uh, like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields that were automatic, duh, kind of players. Like you put them in a horrible situation with no weapons, they're going to struggle. Yeah. Um, so can't imagine how, how rough it's going to be early on for Levis wherever he goes. So uh, always rooting for everybody to su- succeed. I just don't see how he does so uh, at yeah. the next step. So yeah, he's already there. So just to answer your your, your right. question, but who should um, be there? <laughs> How about that? Who do you think should be there? 
He should be. But his thing is the scheme that they run at Tennessee is a okay. lot of, uh, yeah, at Tennessee with, with Hooker. It's a lot of uh, vertical, like one read, uh, obvious t- type situations. Um, like uh, people call it the Baylor system. It's not really yeah. it's close, but it's not really uh, w- way wide splits, a bunch of uh, simple route trees and, and, adjust- and adjustments and options and um, things that make it easier for the quarterback. Um, and people are going to pick apart his footwork or whatever. But but he's he's got multiple seasons above the 90th percentile pass efficiency, and he's got crazy mobility scores. Like every box is going to be checked, except for the fact that. But he's old. Like yeah, well, the entirety of college football is old. Um, so people just don't understand that that don't follow college football. That literally everyone, <laughs> for the most part, is going to be old coming out this year. Uh, and so, yeah, he, he definitely has earned uh, first round consideration. There's probably going to be four first round quarterbacks uh, this year. Uh, it's going to be Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Hendon Hooker, and Will Levis, probably with Hendon Hooker being the fourth going in the late first round because, uh, um, you know, that's just good. The, the schematic questions and age probably do that for him. But yeah. I think CJ Stroud is the number one quarterback and it's not close. He struggled in a couple spots um, when teams just want to uh, drop eight um, or, you know, just go all in. Um, yeah, or if there's win. 40 mile an hour winds in yeah, the okay. Western the, game, the, the big thing with the, the winds, like you know, shoving the ball sideways. Um, but I mean, he's first in the country in adjusted yards for pass attempt right now, first in both college and NFL passer rating, first in touchdown percentage, first in yards per play. <laughs> I mean, like it's it's crazy. Like, and we talk about like me being mad if if Drake May doesn't win the Heisman. He's the only other person that has even a defensive argument at this point. Maybe Hendon Hooker, but like really like Stroud has all the adjusted, well, not all, but many of the adjusted like first place measures going on. So if he does play well against Michigan and round out his profile against them this year, yeah. He's I'm guessing you're expecting that too though, right? Yeah, I am. It's at Ohio State this year. Um and I think that uh, I mean Michigan has proved proven that they are here to stay as a program, um, but I think CJ Stroud does just fine uh, this year. Goes to the college yeah. football playoff and probably is in a tier of his own uh, when it comes to draft day. He'll be the first overall pick. Bryce Young will probably be third after people actually think about it for a second with Will Levis, and then somebody will make a bad decision and take Will Levis in the top ten, and uh, Hendon Hooker will fall to some lucky team in the twenties. And uh, that's how it'll go. Yeah. A quick question on, on some of these, uh, some of the big transfer names that are uh, putting up really nice numbers this year. Uh, just kind of look to get, uh, uh, kind of group them together and get your thoughts real quick. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on Bo Nix putting together an amazing year, Michael Penix, uh, an amazing year statistically. And then Jaden Daniels just keeps winning freaking ball games. And all of a sudden LSU was in the SEC championship game um, after transferring from Arizona state. So uh, I just love a, maybe just a quick hitter on some of these guys. Sure. Yeah. Before we uh, head out here. Um, yeah. So I think obviously uh, the transfer portal has changed things in a way that makes it just really fun. <laughs> Actually add Dylan Gabriel to that mix too. Oh yeah. I will do. But Bo Nix is the number one transfer quarterback uh, this year uh, that transferred in, played in his first season. Obviously, Hendon Hooker was also a transfer, but I mean, like this year, Bo Nix, I mean, you could argue has been a top five quarterback in all of college football this year. Uh, over 10 adjusted yards per pass attempt, uh, the highest completion percentage in the nation 
uh, top five or six in passer rating uh, overall, like total yards per game. He's top five or six. Um, like even adding rushing production, he's got like what fourteen rushing touchdowns, something crazy. Yeah, that's uh, insane. So like his total touchdowns per game, he's actually only behind Drake May. Like Drake May's got three point nine touchdowns per game in total. Uh, Bo Nix three point eight. Like no one else has been as crazy of a scorer as him, um, except for Drake May. And so he's just. I've, and I've talked to uh, staffers and uh, in, in NFL. I've talked to, uh, to PFF folks, um, and they they wouldn't be surprised if Monix goes day two now. So, oh wow, that'd be fun. That'd yeah. be really fun. I mean, yeah. he'd be a great he'd be a great dude to have as a backup quarterback. Like, yeah, and and rather have him than Sam Elton. Yeah, I think when when it's all said and done, he's probably going to have um, at least this year above like the key like ninetieth percentile. Uh, you know, peak passing profile. Yeah. Um, and so like, that's, that's cool. critical. Like that typically at least gets you drafted and in many cases gets you day one or day two capital, which is not who he was in prior seasons. And so maybe no. that's a little bit alarming, but uh, Auburn has been a dumpster fire for a while. Um, so good for him, you know, like good for him. Like he's never put up before this year, even like a, above the 50th percentile mark for pass efficiency. Um, and he's been really inconsistent, but he found that consistency this year. Uh, so bravo to him. So he's he's probably the biggest winner uh, in, in all of college football this year um, in helping his draft stock. Um, who are the other ones you, want, you wanted to hear about? Uh, some of the uh, Michael Penix and Jaden Daniels. and uh, uh, Penix is, is another one. He's probably worked his way into at least like fringe day two conversation. And not everyone can be in that conversation, but he's certainly up in that, that range. In terms of passing yards per game, he's actually number one in the country right now. His touchdown percentage isn't super high because uh, they've struggled to kind of punch it in and he doesn't have a lot of size at the wide receiver position, but uh, he, you know, reconnected with his uh, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach from 2019 uh, in Caleb DeBoer. Yeah. Uh, and so like he had that stellar 2020 year as well, even like before he got hurt, like I, I, what was it? Ohio state. He almost had like 500 yards passing and almost beat them that year. That's right. Um, yeah. He, you know, three back, you know, back to back to back season ending injuries prior to this year. So, really, really pumped to see him have as much success as he has. You know, over nine adjusted yards per pass attempt. And by every adjusted measure, um, he's going to profile as like a top seven, eight, nine power five passer this year. Uh, so, really looks good for him to at least get drafted. And he's working his way up the boards for sure. Um, so, you know, top 10 quarterback probably in the class. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what about Dylan Gabriel? What do you think about him? Dylan Gabriel, get, do you think he can get drafted? I think, I think so, but like it's just not been, not been what we wanted to see. And he's um, little. Yeah, he's little. It's not, it's not worked out um, exactly this year. It's not been perfect. It's been up and down. So I, I'm not sure what what it really means for him. Um, I don't know what his eligibility situation is, but I would be surprised if he actually. Uh, if he actually even declared, I think he still has one more year of uh, like COVID based eligibility uh, sure. to take. So that I think sense. he probably returns uh, more than likely at this point, because it's just not been what it needs to be to really uh, end on a high note, especially in a super stacked class. If you have a year of eligibility and my, my advice would be to stay because this class, just because of all of the circumstances that made all these players be able to stick around this long, it's going to be the most packed, QB class we've ever seen. But Jaden Daniels, that guy, 
uh, he's probably done enough to to get drafted pretty high. I mean, not, not, not maybe not even day two, but like completing like what almost seventy percent of his passes, uh, like not putting up a bunch of volume, but on the ground over sixty rushing yards a game and taking the LSU to the SEC championship game. So we'll see how this finishes up for him, but um, could really prove to <laughs> earn himself some some real money uh, down the stretch. Uh, I don't think they're going to the college football playoff, but. Um, you know, if, if he just doesn't look horrible against Georgia, right. uh, that that's a win. Yeah. And someone that, you know, uh, we talked about quite a bit from when he was like super young and, um, kind of people kind of written him off and we're not, I mean, he wasn't even, we didn't even know if he was going to start at LSU this year. Uh, so it's, yeah. it's been pretty, pretty, pretty interesting for him. Uh, any other guys, I mean, there's a long list of, of, of players we could talk about. I'm, I'm curious if there's any guys that, uh, you really want to hit on um, Sam Hartman's a guy I'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, just because he puts up crazy numbers for wake. Um, but love to just hear some of the, some of the names that you think are, are worth mentioning here for this, for this group. I mean, it's funny. There's like, there's really seriously 20 names or so we could, we could list, but the, the most, the highest upside name we have not mentioned just yet. Um, actually, no, we'll get there. The name that really confused one more name that confuses me is Tanner McKee. Um, I've seen him written up as being mocked like as a first round pick, like even recently uh, in a couple mock drafts. And it's like, people are still doing that, huh? We're still doing that. And um, <laughs> okay. I get that he has prototypical size. I get that he has a faster release than somebody his size typically has. I get that he makes like one out of every 15 throws looks like, Oh man, that, that could be, that could be something. Um, but man, it's just he keeps on playing horrible guys, and his numbers are even worse than Will Levis's, like that we we just mentioned earlier. Like, it's real bad. Um, he profiles like a, a an undrafted free agent, frankly. Uh, Any way that you slice it, like he would have been, and, and and most like real NFL people and people that I trust that are more film focused than me, they're like, man, you'd have been so good if he was a quarterback in like the eighties. Sure. <laughs> and I'm, yeah. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. Um, but he's an absolute liability, uh, in the pocket and takes way too many sacks, uh, in terms of like that drive killing play stat. He's right up there near Levis, Levis, by the way, he's like top five in the country at killing his team's drive single-handedly. Um, Mm. and so there's just a lot of concerns I have with him. So maybe he gets drafted, but I think once, once he really gets put side by side against the depth and breadth of this class, people are going to go, oh yeah, he's not a top 15 quarterback. And so that I don't understand that at all, because um, the numbers don't, aren't there. Like the physical gifts and mobility really aren't there. Like he's got enough arm strength; he's just elite in no way. Uh, he's Jack Cohn, uh, but he plays for Stanford, so people think he's good. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Max Duggan. Oh yeah, got to mention him. DTR. Got to mention him. Like their seasons this year have been bonkers good, but I don't think they're better than day three picks. Uh, Cameron Rising just made it clear he's declaring. Jaron Jaron Hall from BYU, he's in the class of 2016 as a recruit, and he's going. Uh, Malik Cunningham uh, was actually a. Yeah. Uh, he, I loved him. Want to see him succeed? He was actually written up as like a, perhaps a Zach Wilson replacement in a Jets article recently, and I laughed mm-hmm. real hard. And it was so funny because like somebody at Mojo dropped it in our chat, and they're like, "Hey, th- th- is this guy something?" And I was like, "Man, I, I would love him to be because he's on like." A half dozen of my Devian college to Kenton leagues from like 2019. Right. <laughs> but 
but no, he he's probably a day three guy with fun mobile upside. He'll he'll be on a roster, but yeah, there's there's so many fun names like Stetson Bennett. Even like I mean, he won mm-hmm. in the championship, and he's not even mentioned hardly. So uh, he's super efficient. He'll probably get drafted. Uh, but yeah, but the the guy with the highest upside, Anthony Richardson of Florida. I think I may have mentioned him at one point earlier in the show. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, he was not playing well. Tobin this year, the year and his overall stats on the season. Um, it's going to be rough to kind of like go like, Oh yeah, that's a first round pick. And Travis, I thought you were just talking about how important all the numbers were. And they are, except for the fact that Anthony and Anthony Richard Richardson is like built almost like Cam Newton, not quite as thick as him, but like almost that big, but he's actually faster. Um, and he's got a great crazy arm strength. Like, I don't want to be hyperbolic here, but it seems like it's easy for him to flick it like 60 yards. Right. Uh, like it reminds me of the arm strength of Josh Allen uh, with mobility of, of a Cam Newton. Uh, and that, that sounds really fun. And so that, I don't want to say that that is who he is and that's, that's how it's going to be, but he just has, and we've known this for a long time, ever since he was a freshman and even like a recruit, we knew that he had like four or five wheels or faster, maybe, and uh, crazy arm strength and was like the best athlete on the field at all times. And, uh, but he's thrown a bunch of bad picks this year again. And so the, he would probably benefit by transferring out of the system he's in um, uh, or coming back and just uh, having one consistent year. But I think he has such tantalizing upside that he might get drafted day two anyway. Um, yeah. Coming into the year, what I think he was, I think on, on this show and even in, in a, a piece I was I wrote for Rotoviz, I think I had him as my QB three, um, just in terms of uh, being like the, the yeah the upside. It was just crazy. Yeah. I I liked the profile. I remember you telling him. I remember you saying like, man, I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but if he hits, like he has the opportunity yeah. to actually skyrocket. Yeah, like if there's anybody that's gonna be up there with C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young coming into this year, it was Anthony Richardson. Right. Um, and he just hasn't been consistent, but he's getting there. He's got like seven touchdowns in the last two weeks. If he finishes strong, if he kills Vanderbilt and puts five touchdowns up and then finishes strong the week after that, I think he could declare. And so uh, highest upside, maybe of all the quarterbacks in the class. Yeah, which is a crazy thing to say, given some of the names. we've <laughs> But yeah. yeah, but I mean, you're saying that the tools are there. The physical ability is there. Um yeah, I'm, I love it. I, I was wondering what you were going to say about Stetson Bennett because he doesn't get talked about much. Um, no. and, and as just a football fan and someone who doesn't really like Georgia all that much, I hate watching him play. I hate his little walk when he – oh, my God. But, I mean, they're getting the job done, and he is uh, he, – he's been pretty pretty good this year. Um, uh, I've, I've got him in a couple C2C leagues. Because uh, he was so damn cheap, <laughs> uh, and and he's worthy of starting every single week. Yeah. By the way, uh, as of recording, who do you think has more passing yards per game, Stetson Bennett or Hendon Hooker? Well, now I'm going to say Stetson Bennett, but I would have said Hendon Hooker. <laughs> right. So Stetson Bennett is actually among Power Five passers. He has the eighth most passing yards per game. That's, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, especially because like if you look at their wide receiver stats, there's no one that pops off. You know, it's. It's the tight ends, it's the running backs, it's a couple of receivers here and there. He's um, going to do well throughout draft season two. He's one of those guys who's going inter- to interview really well, and, and they're going to go look at the numbers and be like, oh my gosh, he was actually really efficient, won the national championship, has this awesome nice. story. He's going to get drafted. 
It's probably yeah. going to be round six, but he's going to get drafted. So Yeah, I think so too. And I think he'll stick. I don't think he'll Mm-mm. be winning you fantasy leagues, but I do think he'll stick in the NFL. Yep. He'll be that the backup that when they come in, everyone rejoice, like roots for him because he's just, you know, from walk-on to national champion. It's just Cooper the rush. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Minus exactly. the national champion. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> everything else. But, <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun. But, you know, there are probably 30 other names we could mention just because the, the class is so stacked. But let's not do that. Let's wrap it up because both of us have to go get some rest. And uh, we said it'd be shorter. And I guess technically it is shorter than we have. <laughs> it's never. We're always like, well, just get in, get out, do a quick like 30, 40 minute. And it's always an hour. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's always fun. It's always once we get going, it's really hard to stop. There's so much to talk about, uh, even when we try to um, condense it into like a position or a class. Uh, there's always so much to talk about, but it is always good to do so. Um, if you can do us a solid rate and review the show, it does help us uh, so much. Also, tell a friend like you're in fantasy leagues. Tell some of your buddies about us. Uh, we'd love to continue to grow um, as the season closes out here we've just got so much to talk about we've got draft season coming up we've got there's just so much it, it never ends uh we'll be uh we'll be compiling our our numbers and going over rankings uh before before long I mean, you're already doing it but the rest of us will we'll catch up soon um but you know dude it's always good chatting with you um and you good listeners thank you guys so much for uh for listening uh we will be back with you next week with a nfl focused episode most likely. Travis, anything you'd like to leave the listeners with before we take off? Uh, yeah. Uh, draft and Hooker. Yes. Do it. And uh, where can they find some? Do, do, you, uh, do you have anything else coming out? Any uh, recommendations of any podcast you're uh, doing guest oh, spots on or anything like, like that? My, uh, my ghost writing at Mojo. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, Follow I, it's, Travis on Twitter at, <laughs> at FF to, underscore Travis M. Yeah, FF underscore Travis Sam on Twitter because I, I basically I due to conflicts of interest Travis can no longer yeah but yeah. no I it's just Mojo has been a life changing opportunity for me you know, and it's fun I still get to flex the writing muscle and and pitch some things to uh, the the content team and I am um, just That's forever great. grateful for, to just get to make college football and NFL uh, my my livelihood um, and do it comfortably and and I don't know it's just like life changed forever um the and best, so just man. Really, yeah man it just feels good it just feels good and it's it's been a lot of fun the team's amazing once we get in all the states that we want to be in it's just going to blow up because like all the traction has just been super promising everyone's super into it and to, to be a part of the, the, the first real regulated college football stock market um is unreal <laughs> to, yeah. to really make it from the ground up is it's just incredible yeah, it's super cool. I can't wait for it to come to Colorado. It's uh, needs to happen soon. Hey, we'll we'll try to get it out there, man. I'm yeah. I'm I'm, I'm in your court. I'm right there. With, I'm for it. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening, Travis. You have a wonderful week. I will be talking to you on uh, the text and Twitterverse. All right, y'all. Bye.